Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the MinMax Show podcast, a place about games, friends, and getting better, and frankly, whatever else we want, because Ben Hansen is on paternity leave. It's uh, why we spent so much time on Picross last week, honestly, <laughs> if we're all being honest with ourselves. Uh, I'm Kyle Hilliard. This is my last week as guest host. We will have a mysterious new temporary host that you will discover when the episode airs next week. I believe that's the plan, which I think is fun. Uh, but that's next week. Let's focus on this week. Uh, Janet Garcia is here today. What's up, Janet? Hello. Excited to be here. I sort of finished eating lunch, mostly. Hello. <laughs> and Jacob Geller is with us this week. Hello. I'm I'm good. I was just thinking about how often we have many J guests on any individual podcast now. It's very exciting for me. Yeah, it's it's great, which is... Let's move right on to the next J. Jenna Steber, what's up? Hi, it's me. It's Jenna. Yeah, we've got kind of a JKL situation happening, huh? Oh, yeah. Because Just of... kidding. LOL. <laughs> Just kidding. That's right. Leo Vader. <laughs> How's it going, Leo? Hi. Geo Jader, please. <laughs> Gile Jilliard. Geo Later. There we go. So, okay. So this week, uh, it's kind of a grab bag of you know recent stuff the review embargoes have lifted for viewfinder uh they've also lifted for pikmin which i think we're going to say pikmin till more people have played but suffice to say i like pikmin 4 you can read my review on gameinformer.com i gave it a 9 out of 10 i really like that game wow. that, that's all i'm going to say this week um we also we're going to talk a bit about exoprimal and i believe both jacob and i have been playing gunbrella I think like a preview version uh, that we can talk about. And since Ben Hansen is still not here, we're going to talk a little more about Picross with Leo because he didn't get a chance last week. And then maybe another game if if uh, if he's if he's doing if he's timely enough, we'll give him a chance to talk about another game. <laughs> so, fair, fair. A lot of pressure on you, Leo. And then uh, before we head into questions again, because Ben Hansen's not here, let's talk a little bit about Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, yeah you're excited about that. <laughs> There's no time like the present, you know. Right. Yeah. Twenty. Kyle, right at the at the top of the podcast, can we ask? Like, are you, you are doing okay. This isn't some cry for help in your life <laughs> that you now want to talk about Kingdom Hearts. Look, Ben doesn't let us. We we try all the time, and he says no. I hate fun, even though I I love Disney and animation. He just he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to do it. Is uh, it I think I'm okay, Nordic? Jacob. Usually playing too much Picross is honestly a sign of stress that I don't recognize in my life. I, like, truly, I'm not even kidding. Like, if I'm like, <laughs> I just played Picross for three hours. Is everything okay? Like, <laughs> like I've yeah. had that moment before. It's your, You're like, I'm going to go outside and play some Picross really quick on my lunch break. Back <laughs> yeah, in, you know? uh, I'm an expert on Kyle Hilliard's. And as you can see, this behavior is a sign that <laughs> Kyle Hilliard is stressed out and unhappy. Yeah, honestly, my stress will go down because I will get a, I'll get a break from guest hosting. Uh, so maybe I won't play as much Picross or Kingdom Hearts three. <laughs> I'll, I'll get back to Final Fantasy sixteen finally. Uh, but let's uh, let's kick it off with uh, Viewfinder. Who who on the panel has played Viewfinder? Other than me, I played it. Me, oh, okay, hey, a lot of my hand. Everyone but yeah. Leo. Leo missed the memo. Um, he hates pictures. Who, who wants to start? I use a viewfinder on my camera every day. No, that's true. <laughs> Do you? I just look at the screen. Yeah, I've never once used it. I don't know if <laughs> it even has one. <laughs> it doesn't. 
Jenna, what do you think of Viewfinder? Uh, do you like it? Yeah, it's great. I was streaming it. Uh, uh, I got a sponsorship actually from the people who made Viewfinder, Sad Owl Studio slash Thunderful. Uh, so let that be context for everything I say. But I loved it. It is like a game uh, laser targeted to all the things I like about game, which is a cat you can pet, there's a funicular, and there's weird puzzles that have to do with perspective. And like those are like my top three things that I love most in games. Yeah. Have we all finished it, or is everyone is anyone just dabbled, or no? I I'm just dabbled. Yeah, okay. I I have finished it. Nice. Okay, well, Janet, what as a, just a dabbler, have you played? Because you probably played a demo, I think, or have you played the final release to change your opinion at all, or anything like that? Yeah, I I'm playing through the final release now. I want to like have beaten it, but I just was like too tired to. I'm like, oh, it's only a couple hours. I'll knock this out at some point, it and is then I'm like, short. yeah. And then Wednesday, this morning came along, and I'm like, let me boot this game up finally. So I played like an hour of it. I did chapter one. Um, the big difference between the final build and the demo for me is just the narrative component um, and also like mm. the sort of the way the narrative is presented in context of the puzzles. Um, really liking it. It's been fun checking out that it, well, I played, to clarify, I played like a hands-on, like really small demos, like a smaller version of the main demo. Maybe the main demo did get into it, but a lot of what I saw was more gameplay focused before playing the final build. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's interesting. It's got some trippy stuff going on. The The story doesn't seem that great, but it's also not a game that I personally like. need a good story out of. But I also feel like they are trying to have a good story, and I don't know how successful they're going to end up being by the time it all shakes out. So far, it's kind of very awkwardly washing over me in a way that I haven't really jabbed with. But interested to see what y'all think since you actually beat it and, and what you think of that component of it. Uh, yeah, Jacob, go ahead. I, I having beaten it is like an interesting position to be in because, like, at every point in the game, if you ask me, I would have been like, I am having so much fun. It's like the whole the whole game. I was like, I love this. This is hitting all the right notes. And then, and I I hate to be this guy. It uh -oh. like and just it ending so quickly left me pretty disappointed just because i was like i did not get enough you know and kind of not in the you know always hey always leave them wanting more you know i would rather a game be too short than too long 10 times out of 10 but like this being a puzzle game i really felt like i didn't get to uh i thought that the puzzles would kind of increase in complexity to an extent that they only like really scratched at like the very end and i I kind of just wish there was like a custom level editor or something, mm -hmm. I, which is which speaks to how much I like it because like I I really liked Humanity uh, earlier this year. That game has a custom level editor. D never even considered touching custom levels in it. You know, like I finished Humanity and I was like I'm done. But with Viewfinder, I just like I want more. And the base game has surprisingly little, even though everything there is like gold. Yeah, does that, I, does that make sense, Kyle? <laughs> yeah, no, it it does, and I actually, it's funny the those I could take those same points and say like that's why I liked it so much because mm -hmm. like my fear going into it was like uh, I always think of like maquette and super liminal where it's like they kind of peter out at the end for me where it's yes. like these these they, they get the puzzles get too obtuse and like I I they they, they go too far in, in one direction with the puzzle but uh, viewfinder I felt was like consistent throughout and. Uh, because it left me wanting more, I just felt like it was like the right size. They never stuck to one mechanic for too long. There's no fat on the game. And even though 
the story was like ultimately my kind of thought was like oh, i was happy it was there it was nice to have a little sort of background narrative happening and i like the the very end like the sort of story conclusion uh which you know i won't spoil obviously it's 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 kind of just a small simple thing that i was like i like that i like that sort of end that's nice um but yeah i I was I was very happy with it. Like I, if I'm ranking, you know, like the portals and maquettes and super liminals and like Talos principles and stuff like that, I would put viewfinder like up higher, like near the top. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just in terms of like, here is an idea for a game. It's got. I mean, it's like there's a there's a reason that this game I feel like has like sold itself via a GIF on Twitter because you <laughs> see it and you're like. I can't believe that. And the, the best thing you can say about the game is like playing the game feels like that, you know, that it's it, it does not feel like misleading and it doesn't feel like it's not letting you use the mechanics. You know, it's like, no, you get to do that thing. You get to put the world in different places in the world. I was also yeah. struck playing with it with how I how well I think it would transition to like custom level design. Uh, and like how how delightful I think this game is going to be applied to mods because it feels like the the core components to each of the levels are very straightforward and easy to place but then the the permutations you can get on like where you're placing them and how you're all notching them together it is feels like almost infinite in a way that I think would be really fun to play with I don't know if they're planning on doing custom levels but I hope they do yeah, I would I would certainly take like if they were like, hey, we're gonna release a bunch of really hard puzzles. Mm. Like there's there's in some games like that, usually I might be like, I'm good. But I think in this instance I would be like, all right, yeah, let me check it out. Cause I went I went and did all the optional puzzles too. Like yeah. in in the way Jacob, like you were saying, like I, I just wanted more. And th th it was there, but even those are pretty limited. I think what is there a total like ten optional yeah. puzzles or something like that? Yeah. Uh, um, but I, I think I think we'll talk about it on the two tens. I, I really enjoyed that game. Yeah, I mean, both both kind of a, a positive and a negative in consideration of what I've said. It's like, I think it's pretty easy as puzzle games go. And I know that, like, people people struggle with different things in terms of puzzle games. And so it's like, I am very bad at other types of puzzle games that people find easy. But this one is like, it's really, it's like, once you grasp the concept of the level you have essentially solved it which is very like satisfying you know it's like you never feel like i know what to do and i don't know how to execute it which is like a, very, a frustrating feeling you know it's like it's an idea and you just have to understand like what is the idea of this and there were only like two levels in the whole game that i was stuck on for like more than five minutes and then like solving those felt good even though i did message the min max slack being like is anyone <laughs> playing viewfinder i am really stuck did anyone else did you get stuck like again we're not going to spoil solutions or anything but like did you guys get stuck on the watermelon one do you know what i'm saying jenna and jacob i don't know if i've if gotten you... there yet do you know what okay what that's one of the optional there? ones okay it's basically I, that's the one of... last optional one i think no, yeah i haven't done it yet that's one of my favorite puzzles and it was it was a scratcher like a head scratcher but it wasn't yeah. uh it wasn't the one that i was like fully like i don't know i you know sure. that i was like close to emailing pr for <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was one of those ones where i put the control down i was like all right these are the tools at my disposal how can right. i use that you know like you just sort of have to take five steps back and be like what are the basics of this game anyway well i cool think that game. i think the game is also like structured like they the, the rewind mechanic that allows you to like hop back to when you last put a picture up like i think 
it's very mindfully designed to encourage experimentation, which I think you have to kind of invest in <laughs> for some for some of the puzzle solutions. So I think it, it was very mindfully produced to be difficult but not punishing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also on PS5 at least, like great loading. Like it, it was so nice to just like restart a puzzle and it just loads immediately. Like no pause at all. Uh I assume it's like that on PC, but I, I'm not sure. Uh but yeah. uh that's always great in a puzzle game where where you hit that point where you hit the wall and you're like, I gotta start over. And then it's like very simple and quick, which is nice. I so hit that think... wall for the optional and then I just left the level because I'm like, you know what? I was I was done playing anyway. You know, kind of just yeah. left all something. Oh, that's but I did like that it seems like the optional ones do have a little bit more of that challenge in yes. case that's desired because I did kind of mostly fly through the opening um, puzzles. They were still really satisfying to do when it's like, oh, I think it's this, and then it was. Even just looking into the ways that their environmental design sort of lightly gestures toward a solution at times or an idea or something to test out is really cool. Um, and then Unrelated, I feel like this is the first game that has a predominant cat that wasn't marketed as cat, which I think <laughs> speaks to how confident they were in the mechanics they had. I was like, they didn't even show me the cheese grater cat in most of this marketing. Wow, they really they really felt like they have something here. And they do. It's, it's a really cool mechanic. And he just talks like a middle-aged man. Like, he, you know. <laughs> I know, and the mouth doesn't move. Like, mm, I don't well, it's know. A, it's a digital construct, Janet. <laughs> the mouth doesn't I know, move. but <laughs> and that's, it, it is interesting. I think some of the stuff they lightly touch on in like the notes and the voiceover of, of the world that they're constructing. But um, yeah, yeah, Kyle, you mentioned that you're like kind of good with the, the length and the general vibe of it. Did you find the story to be satisfying or interesting or like what's your take on that? I liked the ending, but it was very, it's very background. Like it was, I couldn't tell you any of the characters names or anything like that. Um, it's basically like all I kind of gathered from it was like, there is an environmental disaster that occurred, and I liked, and I liked the conclusion to that. But like everything in the middle, I there were times where I was like, "Do I even want to start this this uh, old stereo <laughs> to listen to this?" I, was <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I don't know, because um, I might I finish the puzzle before they're even done talking. But I, I listen to all of them. I'm not who's, who am I kidding? I'm an old school. I think it's you know, and it's it's not it's not necessarily a slight on the game, but it's like it's no. not a game where the mechanic really is tied into the story like it's not it's not like the the idea of taking pictures like i could do some work and get there but sometimes you play a puzzle game and it's like oh my gosh the like like they are working on like a metaphorical level with like what you're doing and and whatever and it's like this isn't really it it, it seems like this was a cool puzzle picture game mechanic and then they were like oh we should figure out a story for this rather than having those two things be like co-developed I mean, Portal set everyone up for failure by having <laughs> some of the best writing in video games, period, sort of mm -hmm. punctuating what you're doing the puzzles. So everyone's kind of like, well, we should have some narration like and, that. And it's like, Talos well, you're not, Principle, You're not too. Valve. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Talos. I haven't played a lot of Talos Principle, but the writing in that is, is good as well. It's got it's got good good writing. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, let's move on to a similar game, Exo Primal. <laughs> you know. <laughs> that one the, to one. The cameras are guns, and the pictures are dinosaurs, <laughs> and the narration is just chaotic storytelling. I don't know. I'm really grasping now at you straws. Nailed it. AI, exactly. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're you're done with it after a couple hours. <laughs> oh no! Is that, is that true, Leo? Is that? You seemed kind of kind of 
you seem to like it in the beta, but now full release, you feel differently. I was middle on it in the beta, and now I fully f don't feel like I ever need to to play it again. It's it's one of those turn your brain off games. You're just slaughtering mobs of dinosaurs, uh, and that's fine. But there's a lot of competition in that space. I love that genre, and this doesn't seem like an especially good one of those. That's mm. very similar to how I felt, where it's like, when I'm in the game and playing, it's like, yeah, this is a fine way to pass some time. The The matches are short, they're very pointed, they have their good and bad sides, just like public matches with in any of these kinds of games. But there is nothing like, there's nothing like spectacular or stand out about it, I would say, that, that makes it feel like it's gonna do the distance. No, the, the mobs you're fighting are super like papery. They're not really satisfying to take out. It's a lot of damage numbers that, I don't know. Sometimes that makes me feel something. In this case, it didn't. <sighs> uh, I, I guess I, it put me in a bad mood from the start with the Capcom ID stuff. Oh my God, yes. God. It was so brutal <laughs> making that Capcom account. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, yeah, Ubisoft is, has the same problem lately. Yeah. But this but one was even worse. Like, because, like, yeah. the UI, it's like whoever coded, it's like some stuff wasn't coded as optimally as it can. Because I've had to do that in a lot of games when you got to sign up. But, like, I had to click in stuff a bunch of times. Like, you know, again, it's kind of silly to pick back because it's like, not a game, but, you know. Ubisoft has, like, benefits to having an Ubisoft account. Like, it's annoying, but you also do the challenges and you have, like, your friends list there that carries between platforms and all sorts of cross-play and stuff. Capcom has none of that, at least for this game. There's no cross-platform or cross-save. It's no, like, the, it, it's a huge pain in the ass and it benefits someone that is not yeah. any of the players. The amount of times I had to send the tweet from the Exo Primal account explaining how cross-play worked mm. to someone, because it's like, uh, okay, you can play between uh, Xbox console and Game Pass on PC, but you cannot play between PC Game Pass and Steam, nor can you play between Xbox and someone who's not on uh, PC Game Pass but is on Steam. PlayStation can't play with anyone. It's just like, it's, it's a freaking mess, and even me who has access to multiple versions of the game on multiple platforms, it was like, there's an unskippable 30-minute tutorial. So if I want to, like, play this with a different set of friends, I just have to, like, do this new nonsense again. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, that's a bummer. I The one thing that I was curious about uh, is the story, because it seemed like bonkers in a fun way. <laughs> but I don't, not, is that gra anyone grabbed by that? I know, Leo, you don't really care about story in general, but like, okay, well, that's I, not I fair. It, the, it, it depends on the game, I suppose, right? Yeah, I appreciate that. I give it the first cutscene to see if, at least, to see if I'm <laughs> on board. And this one, I don't know. Has anybody not skipped? the cutscenes in this? I watched them, but I don't know how much I really absorbed. I believe it's something like, I feel like I might butcher this, so sorry. Like, I did play it. I played like, I don't know, one or two hours of it or something. Um, something about like, there's like an, an, yeah, no, I know, oh God, don't. Well, you know what? I, I am here to dabble, okay? I'm not always saying <laughs> yeah, that it pays off. It doesn't, it doesn't always pay off dividends, but I played Exo Primal, so the people listening don't have to. Um, yeah, it's like a like an evil AI computer or something that like wants to pit. Like they're trying to find like the most like fit or like best specimen. So they're like that's that's what justifies like the PvP. It's like a P. So this is like a PvP slash PVE game um, where you're competing in teams. So like you're kind of racing to see who can do the objectives the best. So if you go full on just the PVE, it's like can you get through all the waves first? And if you mix it up, 
at one point you will also be fighting the other team and it's like the robot wants to see like which team wins basically and you know you get loot and things and you can of course buy like a lot of stuff within the game as well um and it's kind of a loot though just like skins and uh, yeah, yeah, like a, it's like, pay for them like a chain for the backpack. Coins. Yes, yes, that is worth noting. Um, and it has a story in the sense that, like, as you do more of these like multiplayer matches, eventually, like, additional cutscenes unlock. So that's what that's how you get the story. That's like what the quote unquote campaign experiences. It's just cutscenes unlocking. Yeah, um, I, that actually, I don't know, maybe I, I well, haven't played more than the beta. That kind of sounds interesting. Can, well, me. can like, I, I interject like that. that the cutscenes, a lot of them are not actual scenes. They are like Metal Gear Solid. Here's a still image and a voicing, uh, a, a voice uh, line that goes over it. Like a lot of the like cutscenes that I've seen so far, at least that you unlock, are not like full cutscenes, which is sort of it's cheap. <laughs> it's cheap. And it's like, no, you you actually needed to invest in your story because that is like, I think, arguably the thing that a lot of people are wanting from these kinds of games. It's the thing that everybody wanted from Overwatch for years and years and years and never really got. And so the fact that they were like, yeah, we're going to do a story and characters and stuff, but then are skimping out on the actual like story aspect is like, what what did, what are you hoping to do? What are you hoping to achieve? It, if I could introduce another thing that feels cheap, it's um, <laughs> it, it used to be when when these kind of multiplayer only triple A in quotes games started coming out, it was like okay, there is there is no single player campaign. However, we understand that like the multiplayer options, they're gonna be bountiful you know you're gonna have call of duty zombies and like co-op missions and the multiplayer you know combat or whatever and and this is so unbelievably bare bones in that (laughs) i i've been led to believe maybe you unlock more things as you play but what you have access to is uh pvp pv pve or random, uh, which will select from either of those two options. And every match plays out identically up until, like, the last eight minutes of it. Because it's, like, the the general, you know, progression of each match is, like, you and your team and an enemy team are trying to accomplish the same goals on the same map, but in different instances so you can't actually interact with the enemy team you're just trying to kill dinosaurs faster than them and that's essentially the only objective sometimes you have to defend a point and then at the end maybe you get to do a pve thing where both of you are in the same instance and you can actually attack the enemy team as well as the dinosaurs which is really like interesting and and has some fun game possibilities but that's only on some matches, and you only get there after doing, like, 15 minutes of mind-numbingly repetitive, like, objectives. And that's... You can't even play a mode that's just doing the PvE. Like, to get mm. to the interesting part, you have to do just a boring, like, co- collaborative mission with no stakes first. Because that's when the characters having tons of different abilities like matters, playing off each yeah. other. But in the PvE, playing against dinosaurs, you're just using moves as they come off their cooldown, and there's no like sense of this move. Let me handle this dinosaur because I've got this move for it. You're mm-hmm. all just sleepwalking to the last part. <laughs> I will say, like I, 
I I played a, an astonishing amount of Overwatch, um, but also I hate playing games against people. Um, <laughs> and this this game did the thing that all of these games do, which is start you off with voice chat on instead of automatically off, which is a nightmare, a nightmare no. proposition. Because the moment that you get into a, a game lobby with strangers on the internet, there might as well be a hackneyed timer appearing on your screen, counting down to the moment when you're going to hear a slur. And it's just like, well, <laughs> um, this is a nightmare. So I actually really liked the fact that there were runs where you basically are only playing on people with your team. Like I liked that there was a mode, because that was always my favorite part about Overwatch is like the Halloween mode where you're on a team of people fighting AI and you don't have to worry about <laughs> strangers being weird and finding new weird horrible ways to be horrible at you. Uh, so I, I quite liked that, but it, I, the, it, it's clear that the variety of gameplay you experience is supposed to come with what exosuit you're using rather than the variety of enemies which are pretty basic but also mm. not all of the echo eco uh, exosuits are enjoyable <laughs> to play which is a i mean something maybe that they'll balance out later but which isn't there now they're also just really fast to like wrap your head around which is fine and good but there, there's no like ceiling skill ceiling i felt like there's no room to master i was like i get this and i'm bored after 90 seconds yeah Leo, can we tell the story of what happened on your stream while we were playing this? Definitely. Jacob and Blake Hester and I streamed this on Monday, and Blake was pretty hot on it. He's like, yeah, you just killed dinos. The numbers pop out. It feels good. Yeah. And we were like, have you ever played EDF, Earth Defense Force? It's like a better version of this. And he somehow didn't. So we all stopped and bought <laughs> Earth Defense Force on Steam. <laughs> And we booted that up, and he was like, oh, this is my favorite game of all time. Well, that's, a, that's a surprise that Blake had not played that game. Blake over It really it. was. So specifically, we're playing, because there are a million versions out there, uh, EDF 4.1, Shadow of New Despair, which is like, I don't know, seven years old at this point. You can buy it for $20, and it's like, if you like Exo Primal, Play EDF, because it is so much more interesting and fun. <laughs> Not just from a gameplay perspective, but it really put in context, like, how much games have changed on their uh, rewards they give you. Mm -hmm. Like, Exoprimal all being cosmetic, which is, I, I don't know. There's, there's also, like, rig upgrades, slight variations you can do or whatever. But EDF, you come away from each mission with, like, a few new weapons and a few new upgrades and stuff. And this Exoprimal, it's, like, I just had no hook. Because EDF doesn't do uh, PvP, right? No. I wonder if that's like once you have once you have that my... in there, though, you have to put limitations on the upgrades, which is makes it which is disappointing. Maybe I think I, I think so because I think Exo Primal would be more interesting if you were allowed to be more Gonzo, you know. And yeah. it feels like they've kind of they've held back the gameplay in the name of balancing when like it should not be balanced like exo primal should be a game that just feels like you are like you know blitzing your way through a billion dinos and instead it's like you're not as strong as you feel like you should be yeah, yeah. It, admittedly like i wasn't very good at the game and then i lost almost all of my matches except for one so i will put that caveat out there i'm not you know a shooter sh shooting things and like doing 
hero stuff is not my forte. You know, I'm, I'm the person where I boot up Overwatch for the first time and everyone's like, this is the most clear this has ever been. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm looking at here. I've never played a game like this in my life and I don't know what any of it means. Um, so I came into this, it's simple enough to understand, but I personally, and maybe it's my fault for like not looking at the marketing more closely, but I thought it took itself too seriously while also not being that interesting because I can at least see that like, I get what Overwatch is doing and how it's interesting, and I'm I'm intrigued by it, but I'm not good at it. I'm just not interested in that style. This had like a basic version of that, but then it it just didn't have like that arcadey feel I was hoping for. Like I was hoping this was going to be a fun time of just blitzing through dinosaurs, and it you, you do do that to a degree, but then it gets like really challenging in just that final wave, like we kind of already mentioned. So it's like, what if the arcade experience? also had like additional complexity and I just wasn't really interested in that kind of experience personally so that's kind of why I bounced off of it and I know everyone's saying oh what's on game pass so check it out you know if you want to play it after hearing this by all means like I'm not going to tell you how to live your life but it's not a game I'd recommend even on game pass like I just didn't have fun with it I didn't think it was interesting it'll find its audience though I think I've already seen a few people defending it more so than I yeah I know some people that like it and I, I I mean it's not like it was awful, but oh, I was a little wow, disappointed. <laughs> I know. Um, I was a little disappointed because I had heard from people who previewed it that they're like, oh, yeah, it's actually really good. And I just didn't feel that way when I was done. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, yeah. Exo Primal, everybody. <laughs> EDF 4.1, Shadow of New Despair. I think I, I have not touched the final release, and despite everything that has been said to me in this segment, I actually still might go and play it a little bit, because I am I, I wonder if the story stuff will get me, just because I am genuinely like, what's happening here? Mm-hmm. Um, Personally, I think I think it is worth downloading if you have Game Pass, just because of, yeah. like, there are some good bits. It is funny how the game says summoning raptors literally every five <laughs> seconds. Like, that is that is funny, and I can kind of appreciate that. So it's like, play three matches like Leo and I did, and then I feel like you'll be like, good, I get it. Primed for EDF is, is what'll happen. Exo primed yeah. for EDF. <laughs> there you go, perfect. Nice. Uh, Jacob, let's talk a little bit about Gunbrella, um, which we had like I, access to like a preview build, it's not the full game or anything. Um, did it? Now, don't tell me what game it was, but did, did it remind you of any other like indie classics or anything? Is this? Am I alone on this? I was wondering if maybe you would have um, one like that right at the top of your head. I, but there are games that it's kind of, it's like working in a space, but I couldn't necessarily name one. Okay, uh, what are you thinking of? The one that it, it su- that really surprised me playing it, and I have not played the demo. This is my first time playing it. I was like, there are parts of this that remind me of Hotline Miami. Yeah. Like the soundtrack oh, is kind of Hotline Miami-esque, which is high praise because Hotline Miami has an amazing soundtrack. Some, I don't know who, might even argue that it's better than the game. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who would say that. Uh, not not me, certainly. Uh but uh, the the violence and the speed of combat and the soundtrack all made me kind of think like this is, this kind of reminds me of Hotline Miami in a way I didn't expect. I uh, do think it has that just like older indie game feel where it is like yeah fast and hard and um and like very kind of uh and niche isn't the right word but it's like it's like Hotline Miami and it's like. Yeah, you're going to like get on with this game or you're not going to like you're going to play it in the way the game wants you to play it. 
Yeah, and speaking, getting on by the way, like I, I like what I've played quite a bit so far. It's got like Mega Man X dashing, and it feels really good. And like defeating an enemy with your close-up shotgun is satisfying. Uh, I like the weird dark tone. You're like going after a. That's cult. my main point. Is yeah. like, it is a game called Gunbrella, which it's is a, a portmanteau of yeah. gun and umbrella, and it's like. There's weird stuff going on in this game's story, and it's just like it is like ten times darker than I thought it was going to be. But also, kind of, it also does like humor stuff with the darkness. I kind of haven't decided where I land on the tone. I think I need to see where the story goes. But it's like it's very, it's not what I expected. I no, thought it I, was just going to be like tongue in cheek the whole time. I think I think you're right. I think it's the name. I really thought it was going to be kind of goofy and silly. And and it does have that. But like, I think I know where I'm at with the tone is that I like it. Like, I like the sort of dark edge to it. But then the, it, it does a thing which I is like key to my heart, which is like it makes jokes about the sort of uh, uh, medium of video games, like the format of video games. Like there are these two characters talking and having this extended conversation, like thought bubbles going up above their head. It, and once if you go and interact with them, they'll be like, ah, why did you interrupt us? Now we have to start over. And then you just step to the side and their conversation starts over from the beginning. And there's important information that you need to get from that conversation to like progress. And that's like, that's like a video game joke that I love is like a joke about the way video games work within a video game. <laughs> like it's, it, it's not always, it's kind of hard to nail sometimes, but this seems to be hitting it in a way that I like so far in the first, I don't know, two hours, give or take something like that. Yeah, I think I think the Mega Man X comparison is actually a really good one because it's like this is like a movement game. I uh, really like really strongly. And the kind of interesting thing about the the gun umbrella, the titular gun umbrella is like it's your dash and your block and it's on the same button. So like when you you open the umbrella and you will kind of like be be blown forward in the direction of it or you can use it to like glide or whatever but it also deflects bullets and just the weird it's like a weird brain rewiring thing to have like dash and block be the same thing and i i it's like i think the skill ceiling is really high and while i was playing these opening levels i was just like man gdq gunbrella is going to be nuts you know like people are mm-hmm. going to be moving through these levels in like seconds uh, which is a cool thing to feel while playing a game. Yeah, I, d- I don't think they have a release window. I think it's still 2023, but it like great first impression for me. Uh, I was I was excited about it uh, on a basic level, but like getting my hands on it now, I'm like I'm I'm really excited to play this when it comes out. I I, I was impressed. I liked what I played. Leo, it's it's your time, dude. Hi. Are you ready? Yeah. You, it's time for you to tell us what you couldn't tell us about Picross last week. And and if I'm feeling generous, you can also tell us about Arcade Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> Power going to oh. Kyle's head in this last week. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I, it's, I need to get, I need to get, you know, it's like serving a presidential term. Like you can only host four episodes and then you you have to get out of there. <laughs> right. Um, I really don't have that much to add about Picross that I didn't send in with my questions. I, I like it a lot. And I, I, on my Chicago trip, I talked about Picross, and then my friend Aaron went to this Japanese market and came back with a physical book of Picross for me. Ooh. And it's so, it was really nice. I did it on the train on the way home. And it's so cute because there's, it's like all in Japanese and you can't make out all of it if you don't speak uh, Japanese, but, or read it. 
but on the bottom it has target times for each puzzle. It says like 16 minutes so you can time yourself with this physical book, which I think is an oh, awesome cool. idea. The one question I want to ask you is like, did you kind of find Picross recently? I feel like I never talked to you about Picross until like the last couple months. I, yeah, I feel like at the start of this year, visiting a friend, we randomly were like, does anybody know how to play Picross? Let's all learn how to do that together. And then we like oh. emulated Pokemon Picross and had a really great time. That's the one? That's so funny. You emulated <laughs> Why that one? Why did that one rise to the top? It was totally random. I mean, besides brand loyalty to to Pokemon, but like, I wish that game was released on more things because it does have that like light progression you were talking about liking that little sequential unlocking new puzzles. I thought, yeah, because you have to like do a certain amount to get a secret bonus one. Bring back Pokemon Picross. That's all. (laughs) Yeah, they should bring it to Switch. They brought back Pokemon Snap. It's time for Pokemon Picross. It it just needs to be a port. I don't think a ton of people played it. It doesn't even need to be a, a, a new one, a sequel. New Pokemon yeah. Picross. Just all, call it old Pokemon Picross and just release it. <laughs> old Pokemon Picross. Uh, okay, yeah, is that fast enough? Yes, thank you. Uh, I will now allow you to tell us about Arcade Paradise. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, talk about a game that you turn your brain off and enjoy. This is one of those that I really like. It's the perfect kind of podcast game for me where listening to the podcast while you play it is like canon and immersive because you're running this small laundromat that's your dad's who doesn't want you to lean into the arcade thing but you're like the arcade games are cool and they're actually pulling in a lot of money dad if you'll listen to me but he doesn't want to (laughs) so you're kind of secretly adding new arcade caps classic dad yeah (laughs) and and so you're doing you're like playing these arcade games because there's goals that if you achieve them within the game super simple you know air hockey uh there's a pac-man like one if you achieve these goals, it increases the machine's popularity, and then you're tweaking that to make sure you're getting like the most income per hour. But while you're playing them, trying to achieve the goals, you're getting little watch alerts that's like, oh, the laundry I put in is ready to get moved to the dryer. And you back out and do that, which is the exact kind of menial specific job that I love doing in games while listening to podcasts. <laughs> and there's a it's an interesting, surprisingly interesting story. Like it puts a nice fun wrapping on it where you're kind of invested in what you're doing. And you're gradually like shifting it from being a laundromat towards an arcade in a way that's like you want to see the next step of that. And yeah, it's really fun. The arcade games are not super complicated, but you like bounce between them super fast. And if you find one you like, you can focus on that one and max it out. It's very here's there's a ton of goals you could be doing. You have dailies to get like upgrade points, but you're like very self-directed and this sounds fun today. I want mm. to do this, or I'm, I've been neglecting this. Let's do that today. So it's, a, it's like a, you play arcade games for a while, you manage a laundromat for a while, back and forth, back and forth, right? Like, that's the basic idea. Essentially, yeah. And it's first-person 3D walking around doing that, and you walk up to an arcade game, press A, and then you get sucked in and look at the screen, and you play your little 2D arcade game. That's the, man, the way you're controlling it. I pulled up a trailer on Steam, and it was like, it showed... It, it, I don't know, it like scratched that warrior wear part of my brain yes. where it showed a character like pulling gum off a trash can. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. all right, I'm paying it's attention like, now. It's like Like a Dragon in that way where you have this, you're this young person with this vivid imagination and you're kind of like, how do I make running a laundromat fun? I'll give myself like an S rating for throwing the trash in the dumpster the right way. And there's like <laughs> sprite pop-ups that show that. It's It's pretty cute. Have well, you, yeah, arcade paradise. Yeah. Have oh, you oh, had a check, moment right? while you're playing the game where the game tells you that you need to be doing laundry and you find that you yourself, your human person, also needs to be t- attending to your laundry? Has that happened yet? 
Not yet, but okay. I think it is going to make it uh, easier when that does happen. <laughs> I'll be used to it. But you're going to have to back out of so many layers of the matrix to get to your actual laundry. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, you got to find a phone. You got to find a landline, dude. That's going to be so hard. <laughs> yeah. Although I guess in, in Resurrections, it was mirrors, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So maybe that's Yeah, it's easy. mirrors now. Yeah, they upgraded. <laughs> Janet, um... You started playing Kingdom Hearts for the first time ever? Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why? Um, I have this thing on my stream. I don't have a catchy name for it yet, even though I've done like four of these. But it's like a community picked game where I use like the channel points and I make like a shared goal and it'll be whatever game I feel like my community has been asking me. I don't really get that data super formally. It's kind of we just kind of <laughs> casually talk about it week to week. And when, when the streets were talking, I listened. So this one was Kingdom Hearts, which was probably the most contentious game. I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but it was like the only game that some people were like, I don't think you should play this game. And I'm like, oh, it's like a weird forbidden fruit of this old video game. So um, yeah, I started doing that. Um, I have a promise to always do at least two of the let's plays and a caveat that like if i really hate the game i just stop because i just i feel like that's not fun either if someone really doesn't like a game and you have to watch like 40 hours of it like it doesn't seem like it'd be a good time but i try to be really open-minded for these titles um in the past i've done uh, demon souls um outer wilds i forgot what other one i did oh uh yakuza like a dragon so i've like played a lot of hours for this series <laughs> um so kingdom hearts funnily enough doesn't feel as intimidating lengthwise after coming off of Yakuza like a dragon. But yeah, that's why I'm playing it. I'm two in. The first one, right? Like you're starting with yes. one? And yeah, and I'm, I'm how, two so streams How does it hold in. up in 2023? Honestly, it is way more solid than I expected. Um, I love platformers. I love kind of the mascotty adventure stuff. Like that's what I grew up on and that's what I know the most and what I think I have probably the highest tolerance for in terms of things aging or things maybe not being super great like i always joke i'll play any platform or even a bad one like i just you know um and yeah like i think there's definitely things that show its age and design choices that maybe just were never a good idea in terms of you know i think like not having like objectives lists not having like it, there's like a lot of a lot of ways to get lost in the game so i definitely have my critiques but overall it's like it's a fun colorful world the aerial combat snaps really nicely. There's magic. It's not like too complicated. So it does feel kind of like first RPG vibes, but more traditional RPG. Like I talked about that a lot in my stream too, where I don't have a strong RPG background. Like I didn't grow up playing those games other than Pokemon, which since Pokemon's fairly simple, like you don't even have to necessarily like use a lot of the items. So like I didn't develop a lot of the skills and sensibilities that a kid did growing up and playing it is funny seeing knowing that like a lot of people played it as a kid i was like wow so this was like what you were doing as a kid and i'm like this I, I don't know i don't know if i would have been able to handle it i think i would have been out i don't know i don't know i was i was in high school i think i was probably like a sophomore and i i i couldn't beat it because there is a spite not to scare you away maybe you can prepare for but how'd you answer the questions because that changes how the game plays. Right. Which is well, also I, a very old game thing. I was basically at the penultimate boss. Um, okay. Who was a, a Disney character, which I guess, you know, you're playing it. I'm not going to spoil it for you. But, like, sure. I got I got stuck, at, and I could never beat that boss. And so I never beat Kingdom Hearts 1. Um, 
but I really, really liked Kingdom Hearts 2 and played and finished Kingdom Hearts. Everyone says it's really good. Like, people are begging yeah. me to, like, no matter what, please play the good version of this game, which yeah. is Kingdom Hearts 2, according yeah. to the community. I mean, I... I that's the thing like I really liked Kingdom Hearts 2 and it like still to this day I'd have to go back and like watch YouTube stuff but I was like I remember that ending being just so bombastic and crazy not even from like a story perspective but just like cool like buildings collapsing and running up along the sides of buildings and like very like at the end of Final Fantasy 7 remake actually reminds me a lot of the end of Kingdom Hearts 2 but um yeah and then like i just fell off like a rock like just all the side stuff just like yeah i could not engage with it i even though i was excited for like the psp versions and the ds versions and everything and then i was like you know what i think i'm gonna come back for kingdom hearts 3 it's time and and i played it right when it came out and i got I probably I, it's funny so i i tweeted yesterday i was like i'm gonna play some kingdom hearts which is which is funny because it wasn't actually prompted by this podcast pending podcast discussion mm-hmm. there's something in the air janet i don't know why but i was like looking for a game to play while i'm riding my indoor bike and i was like what if i picked up my kingdom hearts 3 save and what i like, min max in these weirdo <laughs> bike games because didn't ben yeah. have this too where he was yeah, yeah. Or was it you again i don't know remember now i'm always playing weirdo bike games it's funny my <laughs> wife will walk into the room while i'm on the bike and she just like looks at the screen and she gives me that she always gives me this look if you're watching the video version she like, why are you playing that? Like, I was playing GTA 6 the other day. She was like, I'm playing GTA 6? Wow. Five. Five. Excuse me. Five. Mm. V. Min- 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 wow. about Next to game informer cover trip. Internet. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, Kingdom Hearts 3, was, again, I was like, I think I can, I think, I think I can do this. I think I can play Kingdom Hearts again. And I, like, I played through the first, like, two or three levels. I got through Toy Story, which is, like, a highlight, like, to be able to go to Toy Story World. And then I got to Tangled World. And I got like so lost and Jacob, you'll love this. All the cutscenes are just like just scenes from Tangle. Like they're not even <laughs> like, they didn't redo them or anything. It's not like it, Kingdom Hearts one and two, I feel like at least was like, oh, you know, you know Mulan, right? Let's have a new story with Mulan with some references to the movie. But in Toy Story Three, like it's just one to one the cutscenes, like from Tangled or just it's <laughs> and I think Sora's like out of focus in the background sometimes. And that's, like, <laughs> oh man. I remember seeing that with the frozen world, which yeah. was like it because it's kind of impressive like how much this real-time game looks like, you know, the million hours that it took to to process mm. animating Frozen or whatever. But then it's like, wait, but why is there a one-to-one scene from the movie in this game? Yeah. Like, what is the purpose? Maybe the animators at Square Enix just love that stuff so much that, that it's, like, it's fun for them? I I, I think it's you... more likely that Disney is want, doesn't let them change anything in any way. Yeah. <laughs> but the Toy Story stuff, it was or radical. it's easier if they don't try to. Like the Toy Story stuff was like crazy and different and weird. Um, but that's Pixar versus Disney, I suppose. Uh, I, I'm sure it's a huge battle to get those kinds of changes and they probably don't want to take that fight every time. Yeah. Um, I was uh, I was watching a like, I think it was a Did You Know Gaming on Smash Bros, but they were just talking about Sora being in Smash Bros and how like uh, no one is allowed to have a Keyblade except Sora. And they're like in the game's files there is a Kirby 
that like when Kirby swallows Sora, Kirby gets a Keyblade, but then it was like clearly taken out for the main release because <laughs> I, you know, their their supposition was like no one, you know, legally Sora is the only person who can have a Keyblade. Because <laughs> he's the chosen one. I'm not far enough in to like know uh, yeah. if there's. Keyblade. I mean, they say that a lot in the beginning. They're like, oh, looks like you're the chosen one. And I'm he's not like, even I am, pretend. you know to like maybe know a little bit because like I played one and two and I you, I might as well have skipped all the cutscenes like honestly I was just like I like hanging out in Tron like that's fun <laughs> I don't really know why I'm here but I am here and that's cool you know that's that's kind of where I get at with uh with Kingdom Hearts but it's I, I just tweeted like the continue screen like and just like a shoulder shrug emoji just to get some reactions on Twitter and yeah, it's funny stir the I, pot I, a little bit I make mean, people I, text yeah. you some text messages <laughs> certainly yeah yeah right it's like I because it was both ends of the spectrum it was either people replying like oh i'm glad you're finally trying kingdom hearts which is like they just that's a misnomer they don't know that i've, I've certainly played sure. kingdom hearts and played a lot of kingdom hearts 3 already but they were like oh I that's my favorite game i've played it a million times i'm glad you're finally playing it there was a couple like that but then everyone else is like are you okay uh, blake hester is like what are you doing like is everything well, all right <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, I don't know if dinosaur houses should throw stones, you know what I mean? Right. But it's just yeah, Kingdom Hearts is so tough because the story is is just incomprehensible and the sort of presentation, the cutscenes is it, it can be embarrassing. Like it's just like slow and like they people will say one line of dialogue and there's like just huge gaps before anybody replies and I don't know why that's still happening and whenever year that came out. But at the same time, Janet, like you're saying maybe some of my favorite like rpg action combat like period like it's just so like it's so fun to watch sora like fly around and you can activate all these like crazy huge attacks to like and and it's like you do it every couple of minutes like it's not like you know you're, you're saving your um final fantasy summons for like the boss battles or anything it's like like you pull out these big attacks frequently and it looks great but then One thing i was but then once the cutscene starts i'm like i can't get my phone fast enough you know so like I, only having played Kingdom Hearts one, and I don't know anything about Kingdom Hearts. So, like the only thing I know is like you know that's Sora. <laughs> I knew that you know, and I knew that's like Disney crossover adventure. No time. one else that's... can hold a keyblade. We've learned now. Yeah, I guess so. But like <laughs> you know, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm not really sure like where things are gonna go. Like people have been sending me a lot of cryptic warnings, and I'm just here for the ride. But I was shocked by how challenging the game is and again obviously like could just be my own sensibilities you know i'm not no, like no, the best combat not, person that's not i'm weird. yeah i'm dropping every two so like it's it's like kind of hard and then the the spawns are really aggressive too like people were telling me in like the chat that the way the game is designed is like each like x spots in the room will trigger spawns so like if you're exploring an area like you'll think you're it's over and then you like walk past like a chair and then it's like oh now these are like another dozen enemies and it's you're constantly being berated with enemies that are like some of the best <laughs> magic casters i've ever encountered in gaming like i don't know what's going on i will say that's a little tough for someone like me who loves to explore loves to look around often gets lost where it's like oh man i hope i don't have to come back in this room because like i'm not ready for like I'm about to get bodied the second I <laughs> pass the threshold of the door. Um, and yeah, and it's it's fairly challenging. Like the, you know, Kingdom Hearts, Lights Boys for Kingdom Hearts 1, like the first world you officially go to is the Alice in Wonderland one. And um, everyone in the chat was also like, it gets easier after that. Like these are some of the more like cryptic environmental things. Everything doesn't, 
like quite fully function the way you might expect it to. There's not any like talk about like lack of environmental telegraphing. I know some people like to hate the oh, it's marked yellow and says door. And I'm like, okay, there's gotta be an in-between though, though, because Kingdom Hearts, <laughs> everything looks identical. And it's like you'll breathe on something and it's like this hit triangle to get all the information you need. And I'm like, how am I I'm 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 whole touching all the walls on each edge trying to figure out where to go in this game. Um, but it is overall like pretty solid. I don't think I'm gonna gain that love people have who played it as like a kid because it doesn't have like that nostalgia no, mix yeah, in. I would yeah. I'm not drinking the high C with the, the BS2 control, you know, but like I can see why people love it so far um, and the joy it brings them. And it's like very solid right now. It's unintentionally really funny. Like I'm laughing every few seconds in this game. Like everything everyone says is inadvertently hilarious. And I find that really entertaining. A lot of Sora going, huh? Right? <laughs> or like the, the weird smile he does. Like in this like deep cut, like you have to like know the game like by heart to even know what I'm talking about. But they're like, oh, you get to join our ship. You got to have a smile. And he has like the most horrific smile I've ever seen in my entire life. Things like that happen constantly. There's like the beach cutscenes where the guy who's clearly like, this is like a 24 year old man hanging out with like nine year old children. And he's like, <laughs> first one to hear gets your girlfriend. And it's just like, what's going on in this game? But I don't know, I'm kind of living for it. And uh, for those asking, I know there's a lot of people asking about this. Haley Joel Osment has been the voice of Sora for since the first game. and still oh. is in Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, on his episode, his podcast with uh, WTF with Mark Marin, they do not talk about Kingdom Hearts, which I found very disappointing. Uh, so just a heads <laughs> up to Marin's everyone. Mark such a fan. Mark Marin won't shut up about Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> one of one of my favorite pieces of internet lost media is uh, I've never played a Kingdom Hearts game, but uh, I love the song "Dearly Beloved," uh, which is like the main menu theme for all of them. And I would just go Music and is listen. Great in Kingdom Hearts, absolutely. I would yeah. I would just go and listen to it on YouTube, and there was like Kingdom Hearts Two "Dearly Beloved" thirty minute cut. It had like eleven million views. Um, and and this video has since been deleted, which is so sad because one, the description of it, I was like, oh, man, love the song. Wonder what the person who wrote the description wrote. And you go down and it's like, for God gave his only one son to the world. Jesus Christ, <laughs> hallowed be his name. It was just like just like a wall of religious text. And wow. then all of the comments are like just thinking about all of the Kingdom Hearts fans who didn't live long enough to see Kingdom Hearts 3 come out. Like the most like weirdly <laughs> oh sincere and also incredibly morbid comment. <laughs> so uh, I, I truly I truly miss that video. I wish I could go back and look <laughs> at it. That's so funny. Here, I'll read a couple. We had a couple Kingdom Hearts comments um, from Troy Ellison. Hey, Kyle and the cohorts. Happy, hopefully, to have some Kingdom Hearts love. I think we got a little bit in there. Uh, on the show, while this game series has its fair share of flaws it will always have a special place in my heart for being my sort of gateway into games it was the first game i got really passionate about as a kid and it even got me to expand to other rpgs i love like final fantasy and helped me introduce uh and helped introduce me to games media as i waited for kingdom hearts 3 so and then uh gy gy bones Kingdom Hearts representation, finally. Deepest dive, deepest dive. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know about that. There's some interest. <laughs> Blessing Eddie Jr. was like, I'm in the mood to boot up Kingdom Hearts again. And I'm like, come on in, man. The water's fine, you know? <laughs> well, the, the trick is to try to get Ben to play it because Ben Hansen loves Disney animation and huh. loves Final Fantasy. Yeah. They made this game for him, but he's never gotten around to playing it. I would and also Hansen love Sarah. 
Yeah, basically. I would love if Sarah would go back and finish it. I know it's a little traumatic for her. She played it as a kid, but couldn't finish oh, it. Because sure. it was too, yeah, like, convoluted, but it's never too late, you know? It is It is kind of one of those games on my sort of backlog that's, I got to the end, but didn't finish, and will always mm. just bug me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, not quite enough to start a new save, because I would need to start over. Um, but occasionally I've had a couple games like that where I've gone back like Golden Sun was one in the last couple years where I had gotten to the end when I was young but never beat it but like two three years ago I I booted up a Game Boy Advance and a copy of Golden Sun and I actually played it to completion so maybe I'll get around to Kingdom Hearts I don't know the other solution is to have 500 games like that so they all kind of blur together and don't know there you go uh uh, let's see. Oh yeah, and then Gy Bones. He he also wanted to say that the the series has uh, had its claws in him since the first TV commercial uh, they saw of it. Uh, hearing that simple and clean remix along with everything going on in the ad really resonated with me for some reason. Yeah, the soundtrack in that game is is truly killer. Uh, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, hey Jenna. Do you know how this whole thing operates? Well, I don't know what you're going to tell me. Sorry, I don't know why I was doing a voice there. <laughs> I was wondering. Oh, no, it's all the Disney talk. She's from the 30s. An old-timely <laughs> lad, you know? Why don't you tell me about it, Kyle? All right. It's Patreon, everybody. Minmax.com slash... Or Patreon.com slash Minmax. I think I've done that every single time. Uh, At least you're consistent. have been going to Minmax.com slash Patreon. I can't figure out if you guys money. Oh, it's not working. But yeah, patreon.com slash minmax. You can find uh, different tiers to support us at. Uh, find the one that works for you and, and you know, help us out. Minmax.com slash Patreon does, it is a good link. You can use that. Oh, it, does, it gets you there? See, yeah. it's fine. Uh, let's see. This week we are supported. I believe this is a new supporter, actually. Uh, Liquid IV. Unless I'm misremembering. Maybe they have supported us in the past. It doesn't matter. I think so. Uh, so Liquid IV, it's this, it's this little pouch of uh, like like flavoring that you put in your regular water that offers three times the electrolytes of leading sports drinks plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness that hydrates two times faster than water alone. Jenna has some doing her best Vanna White impression to uh, show it off. I, do you guys, you guys, Janet use this as well? You guys like it? Yeah, I've been using it for probably a couple of years. Um, it's my go-to, like, either hydration boost or hydration, like, recovery thing. So whatever you have, like, whenever you have that need come up, that's kind of what I turn to. Um, so if I, you know, drink a lot in a night, I'll, like, drink it before I go to bed. Um, sometimes when I'm traveling, I'll drink it maybe in the morning as, like, a preemptive, like, let me make sure I'm definitely getting my hydration when I'm, like, not at home. Obviously, it could have, you know, additional... Uh, benefits from like I, I'm a distance runner and usually I take an electrolyte supplement I think the I usually do it the morning if I have a long run so those are kind of like the use cases that I found for it and why I like to keep some on hand so uh yeah this is like a cool I was like yeah I'm already using it works out great cool <laughs> yeah I'm a I'm a treadmill jockey uh I don't do bikes but now that I I keep hearing people say that you can game while you're biking and I'm dubious <laughs> might you, I suggest you... uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 <laughs> drink some liquid IV and play some Kingdom Hearts on your bike. I mean, that sounds not? like a pretty great weekend, actually. Uh, but I really like it because it's a powder. And I know I, I've used some alternative, like, hydration stuff. But this one, is because it's a powder, you it mixes up, like, instantaneous, which is really nice. And also has, like, some pretty wild flavors. <laughs> I got, I've got lemon, lime, uh, green grape, and white peach. 
because uh, I was like, I've never, I've never known a hydration tablet or powder or anything to have like a peach flavor, but it's pretty solid. And so like, if you're, if you can't get peaches because of the horrible drought racking America, <laughs> this, is a, this is the next best thing. <laughs> this is a, a hydrational alternative, but I really like it. It's really nice. Yeah, uh, sugar-free now, apparently. I guess that's new, um, which is nice. Let's see. One stick of liquid IV and 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. Real people, real flavor, real hydrating, and, and now sugar-free. Like I mentioned, I guess that they used to have sugar in it, but not anymore. Get that out of here. Grab your liquid IV hydration multiplier, multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or... Here's the important part. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code MINMAX at checkout. M-I-N-N, two N's, M-A-X. That's 20% off anything when you... That's 20% off anything you order when you use the promo code MINMAX, two N's, at liquidiv.com. Thanks, Liquid IV. We are also supported this week by Rocket Money. Rocket Money, not to be confused <laughs> with... Rocket Mortgage. Ben Hansen's never going to live that down. I'm always going to bring it up. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, it's a service that helps you cancel unwanted subscriptions. I, I am sure we have all had to deal with this. I'm juggling a lot of subscriptions right now because uh, my kid keeps re-watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine over and over again on Peacock, <laughs> and then I'm trying to watch the After Party on Apple TV, which I've really been enjoying this season so far. Shout out to the After Party. Um <laughs> And, uh, you know, I, so I want to be better about canceling my television subscriptions because I sign up for a lot of like singular shows and then I neglect to cancel them after I'm done watching them. And that's what uh, Rocket Money is here to help you with. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Ladies and gentlemen. Stop throwing, stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash minmax. Two ends. Going to keep reminding everybody. That's rocketmoney.com slash minmax. One more time. Rocketmoney.com slash minmax. M-I-N-N-M-A-X. We are, we got two more. We got a lot of sponsors. Mm. Uh, HelloFresh. You guys know HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get your farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Uh, I I like HelloFresh. I, I use it for quite a while. And the big thing that it helped me with was like learning how to cook. Like I feel like I'm a much better cook now uh, just because HelloFresh's stuff is so specific and they give you exactly what you need. And uh, it, it, like it helped me like learn how to do things like sear a steak properly or like how to cook chicken the best way and stuff like that. So I will always be grateful to HelloFresh for that. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Pre-portioned ingredients help cut down on food waste while step-by-step instructions help make cooking a breeze, not a chore. I can confirm that with first-hand experience. The step-by-step instructions do make cooking a breeze and it not a chore. That's true. I actually had a no. leftover HelloFresh for lunch today. <laughs> it's good stuff. HelloFresh gets you gets that you want options when it comes to what to make for dinner, not just the same old thing all the time. That's why they offer 40 recipes to choose from every single week so you'll never get bored and you can always find something new to try and love. Go to HelloFresh.com slash, this one's a little different, MinMax50 and use the code MinMax50 for 50% off plus free shipping. 
So this one's a little different. MinMax, or excuse me, how, I don't know why I'm always trying to put MinMax first. <laughs> HelloFresh.com slash MinMax50, because it's 50% off. So two ends. Kyle, we love how you put MinMax first. Yeah, that means a lot. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, finally, a familiar one. I am 8-Bit. Of course, we are supported by I am 8-Bit, who is uh, currently taking pre-orders on the physical version of Neon White. A game I think oh. we all enjoy. Jacob, in particular, I think you're. Oh yeah, man, right. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it's the the single player speed running FPS where you can sacrifice your guns for godlike parkour moves. Uh, I am eight bit is doing physical versions on Switch and PS5. The physical edition includes five neon white anime style character peeker stickers, an exclusive cover sheet by Rebecca Ryan, and the game's music is by Machine Girl. And uh, this is all region free, so you know even if you're outside the United States, you can use the the the, the Switch cartridge. I think that's I think, is that all Switch cartridges? I don't know. They made a special specific call out for it here, so maybe maybe it's not for all Switch cartridges. I actually don't know. Uh, but yes, I am a bit is taking pre-orders on that now, and of course, we will select a question of the week as we do every week, and I am eight bit will send that person a prize in the mail. And this week, the winner of the question of the week will get a copy of the Bug Snacks vinyl soundtrack, which is one that we've been talking about for a while in terms of pre-order. But now you can actually get the thing if you write us a good question. And of course, you can join our Patreon to submit a question for the podcast. The I am 8-bit code for July, which gets you 10% off of anything under $100, is the phrase with no spaces, egg on a sidewalk. E-G-G-O-N-A-S-I-D-E-W-A-L-K for 10% off of anything under $100. Okay, you guys ready for some questions? Yeah. Yes, sir. All right, let's do it. Uh, let's see. This is a good one. I don't I don't have an answer to this question. Maybe you guys do. Sly Cut asks, hello all, a simple question this time. Is water indestructible? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, technically, all matter is indestructible, <laughs> but it's like, I don't think water is more so than other stuff. It's not like, more so? How would you destroy a cup of water? <laughs> uh, boil it. I would demoralize it. <laughs> You're <laughs> nothing. You're not I have even... to fill you with electrolytes to <laughs> want to drink you. You're half as hydrating as liquid IV. Get out of here. <laughs> don't even taste like white peach. Get out of here. <laughs> You're just um, like your father. The movie, the Pixar film Elemental actually kind of sort of debates this question. Wow, a fifth sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, hey, if Pixar wants to sponsor Minmax, by all, please bring it on. Yeah, um, sorry for spoilers, but it's the scene where the water gets executed. <laughs> uh, I, I don't, you, you spoiled it, man. I don't know why you, why would you do that, Leo? Come on. It's a pretty solid answer. Elemental is blowing up the charts. Everyone is so excited for that yeah. movie. Nothing Doesn't want spoilers for it. Uh, so I don't think water's in it because even you can steam it, you can freeze it, and you can shatter it. I don't know. It just feels different than like it's still useful in those states, right? It's like destroying something means you make it not work anymore. I mean, I understand what the question is asking, which is that when you freeze it, it still turns back into water, and when you yeah. steam it, it still turns back into water. Yeah, yeah from I a layman's so. perspective, it's still more itself than if I were to 
smash of Xbox. The Xbox could never be an Xbox again to me. Okay, but what about like a water rock? It's gonna be water again immediately. Like if you like if you like smash a rock, you just got a bunch of little rocks. If That's you like true. melt a rock and then it hardens, it's a rock again. It's like I feel like a lot of core elements are are just kind of like. If you're taking all of its states of matter as one, then they're kind of indestructible. Could That's you, a good point. I couldn't destroy dirt. Could you not destroy it on a molecul molecular level, though? Oppenheimer oh, I think off? you could. You could separate <laughs> the hydrogen from the oxygen. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't. <laughs> like, I, could, yeah. I couldn't do such a thing. But well, that's I mean, the plot of Oppenheimer, right? I'm going to see it this weekend. Yeah, no, he yeah. destroys just, water. Yeah, he just splits, bought tickets he before splits the, show, the so no water at him, notoriously. <laughs> uh, so the answer is no, Sly Cut. You heard it here. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's your conclusion from this okay. conversation? Yeah. That's what we said? I don't know. Uh, ben Shively says, how do you guys feel about gaming tattoos? Do you have any? I just got two on my forearms, Resident Evil 4 and Bloodborne. Ooh. Nice. The I full box art I'm envisioning. Mm. <laughs> 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 yes, <laughs> um, I'm scared of tattoos. I don't I don't see myself ever getting one. But it it there's a good chance if I were to get one, it would probably be video game related. It's a big part of my life for sure. Uh, so I get it. I understand it. Yeah. I love seeing other people's gaming tattoos, but I would never I, I generally am against getting tattoos of brand stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and this is a thing I've spoken about on my own streams before because I think it's really fascinating. But because the meaning of a brand object or something that is a like a creation that somebody owns can shift so dramatically and i would point to harry potter in our lifetime so many people i know and love have harry potter tattoos that they really regret now Aww. and so that's how i feel about video game tattoos is like i love seeing them and i would never hold one against them if if the meaning of it shifted over time but it is one of those things where it's like could not be me that I still really want to. Ben Hansen is always like, do not get a min-max tattoo. Please don't. But he's not here. Go crazy. Go get one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all get matching min-max tattoos. Um, Together we make one arrow. I gaming I'm tattoo. busy that day. Nice. What is it? Uh, <laughs> I, I, have, I have the uh, the bridge from Shadow of the Colossus on my ribs, um, which is, uh, Jenna, I've, I've thought a whole lot about uh, that sort of thing. I mean, in particular, like, there is... Um, maybe my favorite movie is the uh, Wes Anderson film, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Mm -hmm. And there are like very specific things from that that I would love to get tattooed on me. But like m more so than a game developed in Japan in 2005, it's like prominent white guy film director, even with <laughs> someone as like... I've never heard anyone say anything bad about Wes Anderson, but it just feels like you're really rolling the dice. Uh, and so I like he could drop it any second now. <laughs> I, I've just it's like like I think I might get that tattoo one day, but it might be after he's passed, you know, like it's that sort of thing. I think I think having like something like a bridge, something that is like iconographic to you, but which is not necessarily 100 percent identifiable. Like that, I think, is the way to do a gaming tattoo. But also, it's your body, and you should get whatever tattoo you want. And uh, of course, yeah. And uh, and we should all, as a culture, realize tattoos are pretty permanent. So if somebody has a tattoo that they regret, then you know that's their own business. 
Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's like it is the the like structure versus character line mm-hmm. is like I can never see myself getting like a character from a video game tattooed on me. But there are other just like pieces of architecture that I've thought about I mean, that I would like. Imagine if you got a tattoo of Wander before you'd finished the game. I'd be like, oh, no, <laughs> he got canceled. <laughs> this guy's I think this guy's the bad guy. <laughs> Uh, I've got a full back tattoo of Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes pissing on Master Chief. <laughs> Classy. Where is Master Chief in the in the image? Is it just on the back or does it stray is he a little very lower? Small? <laughs> it's mostly Master Chief, but if you look really close, you see Calvin being on him. <laughs> By the way, Jacob, I, th- I think I could have had a hundred guesses and I wouldn't have guessed Fantastic Mr. Fox being one of your favorite movies. I I like that movie a lot. That's like a, my my daughter and I talk about that movie all the time because she really fell in love with it and watched it multiple times and read the book and, but weirdly has zero interest in watching any other Wes Anderson films despite my, me presenting them to her. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there's only one other stop motion one and it's bad. It's um, fine. Also, Fantastic Mr. Fox is an interesting example because, like, Roald Dahl, uh, by all accounts, bad guy, uh, as a Jewish man, you know, like, we probably wouldn't get along that well, but, yeah, like, true. I do like his books. <laughs> Let's see. Pelican Man says, people often talk about games that they came to love after initially bouncing off of them, but I'm curious about the opposite. What's a game you started out loving but ended up hating or at the very least disliking? Scorn. Ah, is, oh, Scorn's yeah, such a short game, it almost feels like a cheap answer, but like going into that game, it's everything that I was hoping, which is to say nasty. It's so nasty with the body horror stuff and the fleshiness. And I, I, I really liked like how the puzzles were structured. I, I wasn't wild about the combat. And then that is the fatal flaw of it, is that if you got if you got the three hours of the game into it, you were confronted with just a miserable boss battle that is not it's not fun and it's really hard and it's so annoying and it's just like the it's just one of those games where it's like my turnabout on it was so stark uh mm. just like just absolutely jenna my experience with that game is i i managed to get through it missing one of the weapons whoa ah. so i beat it without like missing a weapon and i was like i can't believe how hard this game is and then after i beat it i was like i was missing a whole weapon that no wonder it was so freaking hard this is both it's kind of a spoiler for scorn and it's also truly disgusting but you You have to now yeah you take so the bosses you're fighting are controlled by this weird little fetus thing and when you the first one you don't have to fight the boss you just it's like broken and you can take the fetus out and you take it and you hobble over and you put it in essentially an an orange juice press and then that's <laughs> what happens like it, and it's like and then you do that like three more times and it is it was a like jaw fell open. I could not believe that they were doing that. And so I kind of give it some points. Yeah, nasty. Yeah. It nasty. Uh, Leo, that facial expression, better. is that not, you're not into that? That doesn't sound cool to you? I don't think I'll be checking that one out. <laughs> I can't, I, I genuinely, I can't recommend it. 
because it's just like, yeah honestly yeah the issues that you have at the beginning with the combat which it, the combat is bad and they should not have included it it just becomes so pronounced at the end it becomes i, I would argue basically unplayable yeah i i think i probably ended a little more positive than you jenna but like uh, yeah no that game especially the way i played it like it was it, i hit these challenge walls and i was like this why like, yeah. why are we doing it like why? this for yeah. sure uh, let's see. Jordan Seafelt says, Hi, MinMaxers. I bought a Switch last fall. And since I got Yay. it so late, I had a ton of great games available right away. Within the first few months I owned it, I bought Breath of the Wild, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Super Mario Odyssey, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, Metroid Dread, and, Metroid Dread, and Hades. Is there a time that you felt you benefited from buying a console late in its life cycle due to a larger game library or you know, technical slash bug improvements or any other reason? I got an Xbox 360 a few years late, and that was an incredible experience. Everything in the bargain bin being like 20 bucks or less on a high schooler's budget. <sighs> that was a really special time. And I've made my peace with it never happening again. Like, every time there's a Steam sale, I get excited for the summer sale or whatever. And then I'm like, oh, I already own every game that's ever come out. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I'm compulsive about it now. Like, I have to have the new console right away. But yeah, PlayStation <laughs> 1, I came to very late. Mm -hmm. And was able to play like Mega Man X4, Metal Gear Solid, like right back to back, uh, and that was that was a fantastic time in my life. I came to everything late before I was an adult. I think the first time I wasn't late actually was probably this generation was the first time that I had a console at release. Like not counting, I got the new 3DS XL when it came out, but it's an old console that just has a new SKU, so I don't count that. Yeah, um, coming to stuff late. I mean, I guess it could be cool if you're an adult and just like discovering it or you have enough money to like dig into the library but like the idea of having 30 great games to play at once and also be behind on the whatever's out like that not only is it not compelling to me as an adult like i did so much of that as a kid like my first console was the snas junior which the n64 was already out like i spent so long playing catch up on stuff and i usually only got like eight to 15 games per console like as a kid max maybe so it's like yeah i have no desire people always talk about that especially in our industry like don't you kind of wish you could do that i'm like oh when i was like a, a lower middle class child and i couldn't get anything no i don't miss that at all i <laughs> love being here in the now and i still there, i feel like there's still plenty of opportunity to have wealth if you just kind of shift your mindset in terms of libraries because there's a bunch of libraries i haven't really dug into that could be new to me without being like i don't know just one gen older personally i weirdly yeah, i weirdly did this with pc games because uh, i used ubuntu for the longest time because <laughs> i did not want to oh. drop 100 dollars to pay for microsoft uh and what, what's ubuntu what is that, I don't it, know what that it's, is. it was an alternate ui i assume it's still going but it's an alternate os uh, as opposed to like, oh, I, I think okay. Mac and Windows are the ones most people think of, but there is a period. Like, like Linux comparable? Yes, it, it was okay. a variant of Linux. It was the specific variant of Linux that I, I liked. Uh, and so I, I was able to play some games on like Winebox and stuff, but uh, at a certain point I was like, I actually just want to play more games, so I'll I'll plonk my hundred dollars down for Microsoft OS reluctantly and with great despair, uh, and I have never looked back. But that was that was nice because it's just like wow, look at all these games I can finally play. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Felix Diaz asks, "What is more interesting, outer space or the deep sea?" 
Deep sea. Deep sea. Outer space. Outer oh. space. I demand Just answers. Unlimited. It could be anything. Could also be deep sea. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. yeah. Ooh, the hack. <laughs> the hack. Yeah. It's I. I love deep sea, man. I've I've written at length about it, but like, is is outer space? You know, it's just I. I just think there, there are more things that I can't imagine out there. <laughs> Poor but, Jenna. But deep sea so close. Deep sea so here. Deep sea so so present. Deep sea coming for you, Jacob. For a coastal elite. Uh, here in the Minnesota, we got lakes. We got to make do with lakes. We'll Just there. keep walking, Kyle. You'll get there eventually. <laughs> this is the rare t- chance where I can actually give the firm answer for this because I saw The Meg and Contact recently within a week of each other. And I liked Contact. Similar movies. More. Similar movies. Wow. Yeah. I'm sorry, I I spoke over you. Which one did you like more? I liked Contact more, so. That's unfair. It's It's unfair to compare the Meg to Contact. Did you (laughs) like when the Meg was actually the main character's father? That was a good (laughs) point. (laughs) (laughs) Or that scene where the Meg ran up to the mirror and you still to this day don't understand how they pulled off that. (laughs) That's an amazing scene. I love that movie. (laughs) Also, not to sidetrack us too much, but just cool. Like the rare... Wow, that was an amazing shot that is also just devastating emotionally because it just like throws you all out of whack. Ugh. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm sure you can Google cool contact shot. <laughs> and it'll take you right there. It's on the front page of Reddit once every three hours. <laughs> As it should be. It's so cool. Uh, let's see. I-, I like this one. Hieronymus Josh asks, what is the best shape for eating? Circles? Whole pizzas, cheeseburgers, triangles, pizza slices, tortilla chips, squares, square pizza, whole wheat crackers, capsules. I thought that was pizza. (laughs) Submarine sandwiches, freeform, salad. And I like their examples for freeform are salad and KFC Famous Bowl. Those are the... (laughs) Thanks. It's just a salad, basically. The two poles. I feel like freeform can't... Every shape... They still have shapes. There's it several shapes. A bunch of shapes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <right>. well, <laughs> yeah. I, I've never I thought about answers. this in my life, but I, I kind of leaning triangles. Actually, I think uh, that's what I was gonna say. Uh, it seems uh, too sharp, right? Yeah. No, but you want you want the small thing to go into your mouth first, you? so it's not hitting the corners of your mouth. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I'm with exactly. Jenny. Anything sharp. but square. Square also square sharp. Pipe. Well, but you square can have rope, a square yeah. a corner. Stop. Right? I mean, yeah, but stop. That's like a triangle. I think that I did, I was not considering capsule to be a shape of a food, but once yeah, they described it. it as like sub, actually, because that mouth shape, that that's the shape my mouth get when I eat. Mouth shape. <laughs> that's the shape my mouth get. It is weird that a sub would be a capsule, because I was thinking <laughs> yeah. he meant like pills. I was also yeah. thinking Hard-boiled that, eggs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. yeah, capsule might be the way to go. Yeah. Like, I can't sign to this. O- oval, <laughs> I guess, if you want to make I it don't... into like a traditional shape word. I still like triangle because triangle, you get the little bite to see if you're on board. And if you like what you get, like you got to. Okay, who's taking one bigger. bite of pizza and throwing the rest in there? You just throwing stuff out so when you don't like it, Kyle? What if you don't know if you like the toppings. Yeah. What if there's too many mushrooms? I, I, this isn't the question, but I think you could eat triangle versions of anything. You could cut a burger into eight triangles and eat it that way, but you couldn't Insane. eat a yeah. whole pizza. Why yeah. would you? Unsliced. Know? 
the problem with capsule is like I, I agree with you guys that it is the mouth shape, right? But it but often more times than not, it, it's the capsule's too large and you got to open the mouth too big, and that's a problem. I have hurt my jaw eating too big too big a burger, and it's not a pleasant experience. <laughs> that yeah, that's a fair flaw in capsules, but I don't think we're we're talking about the best shape, and I yeah. think uh, all of these shapes have have flaws. Much like the sharpness of a triangle or square that render them unpleasant <laughs> I hate, I hate to eat. Eating a food and I think, ouch, I poked <laughs> myself. <laughs> also, y'all keep mentioning the triangle is small. Only like the first two bites of that triangle pizza is small. After that, you're rotating it every which way. While a burger, a sub, you see what you get and you just keep, you can continue what is almost that whole shape. Unless you just, I don't know, you eat straight through it like a psychopath and then turn the two halves or something. Yeah. But then we have other problems. Like that, you can't put that on circles. That's on the user. Consistency is boring. We criticize video games for being the same thing over and over all the time. You got to mix it up. You know, good level is like a good triangle. You're talking about a 10 minute sandwich, buddy. (laughs) In this metaphor, it's like, we'll mix it up. Everything is a, is a, I don't know, a roguelike. Like literally everything now. Because it's what's the best shape it's like yeah a circle <laughs> a capsule is just a circle that's a s- long and three-dimensional a salad is the roguelike of the food world <laughs> the new shape salads are world. really and they're really you hard get, to eat i think the more shapes different you have things the harder on every it is. bite you know it's like oh which power-ups will i get this time <laughs> leaf and olive and tomato <laughs> god i'm gonna put a little asterisk by this one guys this is yeah. question of the week. Yeah, this might have been. <laughs> right. Not to call our shot too early here. No one's ever asked this before in the history of time, and it's uh, it yielded the most conversation, but go ahead. Uh, this Actually, this is kind of funny talking about scorn. Uh, the whole ham... The whole ham damily? Uh, <laughs> what? Do you ever recommend games or other media to others that you yourself actively dislike? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. have a place for that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like a little strong, though. Like, usually well, yeah. I like it a little. Like, like, for instance, and I'm still down to give it another try, but Inscription, like, I just had it. I just struggled getting, mm. like, getting good enough to, like, I enjoyed the mechanics. I just wasn't, like, I didn't beat it, right? Like, I didn't stick with it. But I could tell that's a game that, like, a lot of my card, like, game lover friends, like, would want to be playing. And, of mm. course, that was, like, one of, like, the biggest games of that year. Like, everybody loves it. So... That'd be an example of like that kind of thing where it's like I didn't continue with it, but like a lot of other people should take this and run. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was... mean, I'm always seeing I'm always seeing Leo ass games that I don't want to play. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, Leo, you play this. <laughs> when I saw Foam Stars, I was like, yes, I know Leo made it, which was actually solid. Again, Foam Stars was was decent. I was looking at this more from like an academic angle, wherein there's some movies that I don't like, but which I have to acknowledge like the importance of. Uh, and I feel like that that's one of those things where it's like, I don't like this, but I would recommend it to people. I feel this way about Midsommar. I didn't, I did not like Midsommar. Mm. Uh, controversial opinion. I know I should have, but like, I think people should watch it, <laughs> but I don't like it. Yeah, um, no, that a, makes sense. A lot of times I will have, there are movies that I think are like on the wrong side of kind of corny or cheesy for me, but I know that, like, my parents might really like them. Um, you know, like, like the the movie, this is a not a super popular poll, but the movie Belfast, which came out in 2021, which is, like, a Kenneth Branagh, like, 
joint uh, Ireland movie. Yeah, which I thought was like fine and i didn't you know i thought it was kind of a little too heavy on the kid but it's like i knew my mom would love that movie and so it's like i can recognize you know people people have different tastes for sure uh let's see dr rock says my friends and i are doing a game club for knights of the old republic and we've finished the intro planet i really enjoyed it but i'm having trouble forcing myself to start the next chunk of the game because it's huge and intimidating have any of you had trouble forcing yourself to make it through games for deepest dives. Uh, no, we the cast has always been consistent on deepest <laughs> dives. We haven't even recently. I don't think we had uh, any issues with that. I know. Why would they ask this? What? This feels like a call out question. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, no. By the way, comments noted everybody that uh, they do like the consistent cast uh, <laughs> for, for deepest dives. I, I think I dropped out of um, one when we uh, uncharted four back in the day and it was just a matter of time mm. i like uncharted four but i just it just happens it happens sometimes you guys uh i've never dropped out of one and i dare you to find one i've dropped out of you can't do it but i <laughs> every single time i you have trouble finishing it i don't think there's a single exception to that it's just uh, a rate of playing games that i don't typically uh, enforce on myself sure and, yeah it's Go interesting ahead. because i actually like and this is a very unique to our jobs thing or whatever, but like I don't struggle too much because to me that's like my version of procrastinating something that is more important. It's like when you don't want to write an essay and so you like vacuum your whole house. You know, it's like, oh, I have something harder and so like I'm not I, I have this with my own podcast something rotten virtually every week where it's like, look, I'm not thrilled about playing No More Heroes, maybe but like, the other thing I have to do is like, read an academic book and I really don't want to do that so like, No More Heroes gets played. <laughs> Yeah. So life hack is to make your life harder so that you're able to, I mean, but then not like, do the harder part. <laughs> you just procrastinate with other productive things. It's like when you don't want to work, you go and do the dishes. So at least you have a clean sink, you know, like it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's always, I've only done, I think one, maybe max two deepest dives. I think for the deepest dive, the thing for me is I I'm always careful about going into them because they're always a little bit more work than I expect them to be, usually. Like, with Metroid Dread, like, the game just got, like, stupid hard at the end. And I was like, well, now it's time for my completionist run because I can't get good enough to not have all the missiles that you can give me. Um, So, like, that was challenging. And I think another challenge of it for me, like, I can marathon games, like, Six Ways to Sunday, but... Deepest Dive is weird because it's also, like, broken. Like, you have to stop at a certain point. I mean, I guess you could continue. You know, like, obviously we could work around that. But, like, the spirit of it is you play this chunk, and then you stop. Then you do the show. Then you play another chunk. So sometimes, like, I get caught up in, like, one of those chunks is, like, chunkier than the other ones. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, man, why only have this many days? Then I have other content going on and all that. So, I mean, it's it's a fun show, and I would never want us to, like, necessarily change the structure of it. I think just the nature of it is kind of opens itself up to a few more challenges than beat this game by this embargo date just because you have to stop and start so often. Yeah. But yeah. And then with a big game, it's, like, it's ridiculous. Like, I'm so glad I wasn't on, like, Tears of the Kingdom because mm-hmm. I moved during that time, and I, I would never be able to no, make it through. <laughs> 
Yeah, I still would like uh, Leo. No, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. You can plead the fifth here, but I think it would be fun for the 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 Tears of the Kingdom cast to have like a bonus episode at some point in the future, like without a without a hard deadline. I would like to hear how you guys ultimately ended up on the game because I listened to all the episodes to, and also hosted the final one as a fan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Luca Alberti says, hello, Mins and Maxes. Since we recently saw the release of Final Fantasy 16 with gargantuan fights and Pikmin 4 is around the corner, my question is, what gives you a better sense of scale in a game? Massive environments slash characters, a la Xenoblade slash Shadow of the Colossus, or a microscopic view of something familiar, like in Tinykin or the Minish Cap? Gotta be big guys. Yeah, I'm pretty firmly the former, uh, where it's big Colossi, I was much more impacted by the Colossi and Child of the Colossus than any element of Pikmin or Tinykin. Yeah. Wait, but this boring. isn't impact, it's sense of scale, right? Isn't that the question? Yeah, I guess I kind of consider those sort of the same things myself, but yeah, I guess there's there's differences in those No, but it's right like it's like when I see a book in Tinykin, I'm like, I know how big it is. It's this big, you know? And then I'm like, it's not that big. I, I'm just small. <laughs> I'm awed by the sense of scale of bigger things and and smaller things I like maybe even more but I just don't really it I like you said about impact and it's striking I don't know the sense of scale doesn't like hit me yeah I think it's which one can you name like the height of the character it's based on small or big that's what I thought it was getting at a which very technical small scale definition yeah <laughs> I mean isn't that the question like, I don't know maybe that isn't the question uh I don't. I, I say they said, uh, "What gives you a better sense of scale?" Right. A better so sense of scale, yeah, not like so. impact on, not what wows you of the scale. Yeah, but it's a sense, sense of the scale. Small things is subjectively it, right? I, well, that's I, what I, I, but that's not <laughs> sense. Sense of scale is not something that definitionally means. Do you know how many feet tall it is? Doesn't it? It's though? like that. <laughs> not <laughs> not in any common usage about art. I didn't I vote for this true. question because I didn't understand what it means, and now it turns okay, out who's, nobody who is this? did. <laughs> who wrote it? What's the name? What's their name? Luca Alberti. Luca, you're gonna need to write. We're gonna need to write it again, okay? I know <laughs> we're not paying you for this, but please say like you know SOS follow up, and then tell me what you were getting at here, because I feel like that's even more interesting than just people's answers. Because I'm very curious. Uh, let's see. Okay, so I wonder, actually, this isn't a question, but I wanted to read it because I thought it was very sweet, and then we'll move on to get a load of this. Uh, this is from James G. First time, long time, and all that jazz, but I have something to say, and that is thank you. When MinMax started, I was a retail manager at everyone's favorite game store and working on my <laughs> second working on my second time around through college to finish my bachelor's. Life's not easy for anyone, and sometimes you need a second chance to find your way. Finishing my degree quickly became a better quest goal for me, and as I listened each week, it was inspiring. I wanted to find my way into the games industry, and it paid off. Specifically, I want to extend my thanks to Kyle and Janet. During my studies in 2020, Kyle met with me for a student interview about his career path and successes, and Janet also met with me for an interview about ethics and practices, uh, I guess when you're an IGN, pre-min-max. Sure. These sessions granted me insights of where I wanted to be and furthered my determination to get there shortly after I began working at a news publication. And now I find myself at a major games company working in what I love. Anyone who may read or hear this, keep trying and don't give up. It's never too late to work towards a better path and pay it forward when you can. Thank you, MinMax. Uh, and that is uh, the end. I know I'd say I, the cadence I was reading said it seemed like I was going to keep going, but they just said, <laughs> thank you, MinMax. They did have a question, but uh, maybe we'll save that for another time. 
Uh, but I just wanted to read that because I thought that was very nice to hear. Thanks, James G. I, I hope we're yeah. able to help you. It seems like that rules. Congrats. All right, what do you guys think? Question of the week. I mean, I think we might already go, go to that asterisk, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Command F asterisk. Hieronymus Josh <laughs> asks, what's good the best evening. shape for eating? That's it, right, guys? Like, mm-hmm, what's yeah. the best shape for eating? Yeah. That's a good one. I like that one a lot. Fun. And uh, we'll be revisiting it, it every week for the next couple Yeah, months. if there are any shapes we <laughs> forgot, let us know. Ah, <laughs> yeah, right. uh, But now it's time for a little something called Get a Load of This. Uh, Jacob, do you have anything uh, for us to get a look? Uh, yes, I have two, but the first one is quick. It's this YouTube video I watched today called Nintendo's Animation Problem by uh, the, uh, this creator named Jenna <laughs> Stieber. <laughs> you, you jump scared me. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> um, it's a, Jenna made a video, and it's it's really good, and I like it. And uh, look, if you watched our deepest dive on Tears of the Kingdom, I think it's a good uh, companion. Um, my second one is this thing that I just found out about, um, which is, you know that game, The Callisto Protocol, that we all played and uh, collectively went, uh, last year? Um, <laughs> it recently had DLC, and the DLC ends in one of the strangest ways I have seen a uh, game, because this is like the final bit end. Um, so spoilers for The Callisto Protocol, but also not really in lore. Um, so a bunch of stuff happens with, with the game, and then post credits, there is this scene where the main character of the game is kind of hung up on this weird gurney with like his legs cut off. And he's just like, hey, hey, where'd everyone go? Where is everyone? This isn't Jacob, the name of the character. It's me, Josh, like Josh Dumal, the guy who motion captured and facial captured the character. He's like, it's me, Josh. Where is everyone? What'd you guys do with my legs? Hey, where are my legs? And then the game ends. Why? And so it's like, it okay. is this, this insane ending where it's like, so I guess they were, it's like they kind of break the fourth wall, but not really. And they're acting like it's like a play. And the, the actor, Josh Dumal had his legs cut off. It, to participate in the Callisto Protocols DLC. <laughs> it, it, you can look, it truly, I just like, I cannot tell you how confusing it is. And like, I have no idea what the bit they were going for was. Uh, weird. That, that's weird. <laughs> I don't even know how to react to that. I'm like speechless. Thank you for sharing that. I feel like I needed to know that and I never would have otherwise. <laughs> Uh, Janet, what you got? Uh, get a load of this. Part of me is afraid I said this one before because I use this thing all the time. But there's this app called Wearing. It's spelled really funky. It's spelled W-H-E-R-I-N-G. And it's basically like the the thing from Clueless where you can like swap and like make your outfit like on the app. It is a little bit of a pain that you have to like upload all like the garments and stuff. But you can like shuffle it. You can like save outfits. Um if you're someone who has, I don't know, some type of, what has to be some type of affliction at this point, like <laughs> myself, you will get a kick out of being able to sort through all of it. And they update it like really heavily. I think, um, you know, having a partner who's a software engineer has, I think, given me a, a bit of a deeper appreciation for just 
the care and work it takes to make apps and platforms. And I just think it's cool that they're like kind of always adding stuff to it and it's free and there's not even a paid version of it either. I'm like, is there a way I can give you money for this product? Cause it's really good. So that's my, that's my share. Their website cool. literally describes it as clueless style, which is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, get a load of this. This just, this just made me laugh. I don't know why this is, maybe this is dumb, but uh, Sap Feisty Yennefer on Twitter uh, tweeted, this is a while ago, they tweeted this back in January. It's just a, a cast photo uh, from The Matrix with like Lawrence Fishburne and Keanu Reeves. And all them, and they're just wearing casual clothes, and it like broke my brain to just see <laughs> them together, just wearing like Lawrence Fishburne's wearing like workout clothes, and Keanu Reeves just has like a jacket on. It's like, no, you guys are supposed to be wearing sunglasses and like clad in leather. If you guys are together, that's the rule. Uh, so this picture just really made me laugh. So hey, check check it out in the description of this video. It's very dumb. <laughs> Uh, Leo, surely you have something better than that. <laughs> uh, way better. Get a load of this. Do y'all remember the movie Deep Blue Sea? Yes. Deepest bluest. Deepest bluest. LL Cool J was in the film playing the Christian chef, and he also did the end credits rap track, as used to be the norm when movies were good. And there's a YouTube <laughs> video for that rap track titled Deep is Bluest, parentheses Sharks Fin. And it's been on loop in my household. It's pretty good. I, It's an interesting choice. He writes it from the perspective of a shark. And he transforms into a shark throughout the video. He has like synchronized swimmers as his backup dancers, which is honestly pretty sick. He's got this crazy overall outfit with holes in the straps just for his nipples to peek through. It's a worthwhile watch. So get a load of it. You could have just said that last part. I would have watched it. <laughs> uh, Jenna, what you got for us? Uh, I recently watched a documentary that I learned about uh, from Baby Geniuses, the podcast, which is great. And the documentary is called Garlic is as Good as Ten Mothers, which is a great name. Uh, it came out in 1980. It's by Les Blanc, who's a pretty pretty well-known documentarian. And it, what is wild about it is that what I didn't realize is that garlic was not a popular food in certain white American cultures in America until like 19, the late 1980s. And that is so perplexing. But watching this documentary is incredible because it's like people at like a garlic festival in California is one of the locations they filmed at being like, yeah, everybody hates garlic, but I think garlic's good. And it's wild. It's wild to see these people in the 1980s being like, we really have to fight for to get people to like garlic. Nobody likes garlic in America. And it's like, what is that? I just it's one of those things you take so for granted uh, in in your food stuff is like everybody I know loves garlic. We use garlic all the time. It's a it's a core part of our cooking regimen to imagine that as late as the late 1980s in america it was not widespread is like bonkers that yeah i use garlic like in every meal and that's yeah. like weird to consider that uh yeah that wouldn't have been the case at one point in my life it genuinely it's yeah it's such a fundamental culinary aspect that i take for granted so i, I recommend it it's called garlic is as good as tin mothers which is a great name for a documentary <laughs> Cool. A uh, quick one from the community here from Forest with two R's. Hey, get a load of this. This is a CNN article. 
the battle for the Taco Tuesday trademark is over, everyone. So we can finally move on with our lives. It's like lives. the Activision Blizzard won. scenario. <laughs> yeah. I'll just read the first paragraph here. Taco John's, the regional chain that has Taco Tuesday trademark announced Tuesday, that it's ending its fight in defending the phrase and will abandon it because it doesn't want to pay the legal fees that come with a fight against Taco Bell. Mm. <laughs> it's one of those things uh, that's like, I, of course, yeah, of course someone has that trademark, but, uh, you know, I never... Yeah, well, we all it worked though for so many years because we all hold Taco John's in such high esteem. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> yeah, I was I was picketing at this one. Yeah. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Uh, that's it, everybody, for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for uh, you know putting up with me while I was guest hosting for this handful of episodes. Like I said, we'll we'll have a new host next week, and it'll be a fun surprise. I, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, before we close things out entirely i've got a new list of folks who support min max at the 50 dollars tier the game champion tier there will be a poll in august on patreon to determine which game we'll create bonus content about and uh here's the list that we got these are new folks we got michael berry uh championing tokyo jungle joshua Ayers, one piece pirate warriors three specifically uh, Procyon number six, Sly Two Band of Thieves, great game. Trampoline Tales, Luck Be a Landlord. Jesse Wildrick, Fallout. Excuse me, getting emotional here. Um, <laughs> Jesse Wildrick, Fallout seventy six, Malcolm Holiday, Devil May Cry five. Do we call that V? It's a Devil May Cry V. Jacob, no. I'm you. we call it five. Okay, it's As Devil May Cry. Devil May Cry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see, Tak uh, Takashiki Tano three, Suikoden two, Patrick Polk, Stardew Valley, Zachary Pliggy coming in with Super Mario sixty four. He's always on that Super Mario sixty four. Clemens Zobel, Lost Odyssey, great game. Justice League, Custom Robo. Derek Greenwood, Minority Report. Everybody runs a game with weirdly good uh, ragdoll physics, if I remember correctly. I don't know what that game that really stood out for ragdoll physics. And then Rabbit Lime, you suck at parking. And and that's it. That's truly it. Does anyone have anything they they want to plug? Any plugs from anybody? Janet's got one. Raising her hand. Um, yeah, I have. We're doing a giveaway on MinMax's Twitter account. I maybe we'll temporarily pin it just to make it easier for y'all to find. Um, by the time this goes up, there'll be like two days left for it. We're teaming up with Sennheiser to give away their profile USB microphone, which on my personal page I plan to talk a little bit more about because I have one of the microphones. It's what I used for playing Kingdom Hearts. Um, I had a two mic setup with that Sennheiser mic. So symbol, like, retweet, follow, bonus points for uh, replying with what you would do with the mic, US only. Uh, also, like the replies have been very, mostly very wholesome on this, like hearing what y'all would love to do like really makes me wish we had more microphones to give away but you know first of many giveaways we have coming up so check that one out and well, yeah, i go wanted... follow us on all the platforms janet's killing it over there so many platforms <laughs> i hope they don't make any more <laughs> <laughs> i uh, want jenna what you got i want to shout out kyle i wanted to tell everybody listening to go hop on twitter and tell kyle what a great job we did hosting these last four weeks oh, thank so you. i think you did a great job definitely it's true and I get to control uh, the edit on this, so I'm going to leave that in. And everyone has to do it. <laughs> yeah, which, by the way, not to just totally turn the shout out back on you, but Jenna is handling all the, the behind the scenes stuff and doing <laughs> a, a, like an impossible amount of work. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. You can't shout me out yet. I'm still here for another four weeks. So that's right. three weeks, some amount uh, of time. <laughs> but that's it, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Be good. Have fun. Let's go.